0: Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life with never ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. Back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Today we are diving into chakras, EFT, energy, and just positivity. And we have Teresa with us today. And before I bring Teresa Lear Levine on, I'm going to give you a quick intro and read her bio for you. And then we will bring on Teresa. Teresa's struggles as a successful entrepreneur with trauma, ADHD, and high functioning anxiety escalate into chaos stuckness, and self-doubt, and led her on a journey to regain inner peace, confidence, and self-love. She learned effective ways to get unstuck and release pain, self-sabotage, and unwanted feelings with processes that cultivated desired emotions and create a totally different outcome that previously seemed impossible to attain. She has helped female entrepreneurs and moms to work on their mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health for over 25 years with an evolving blend of energy psychology, emotional freedom technology, also known as EFT. Tapping and chakra strategies. Her methods empower the effective release of anxiety, distractions, trauma, and limiting patterns so that her clients can get present, feel happier, and be more fulfilled as they align with their values and vision for the future and the actions they take in their business and daily life. She lives near Washington, D.C. with her husband, Jeff, their four boys in two yellow labs, and is also the host of the Becoming More Me podcast. Welcome, Teresa to Thank the podcast.
1: So i glad to be here. Thanks for
0: having yes. me. You're, you're so welcome. I'm honored to have you here. And before we dive in, uh, let's ask that icebreaker question, which is, uh, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory?
1: Oh my goodness. So for the first thing I have to say is that I always hate having to do favorites of anything because right. of my like ADHD brain. And I don't like to make decisions and I don't like to hone in on one singular thing. So I have to go with like the crowd favorite cookie here, which is the chocolate chip cookie. And, um, for me, that's one that, my mom always made growing up. She always made it in her own specific way. And even though we had the recipe, it took me like years to figure out how to make it almost like she does. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even like anything special, really. It was pretty much a Toll House recipe with a couple itty bitty little, (laughs) but I don't know. I I like, the, the flexibility of the chocolate chip cookie and how, you know, you can tweak it a little bit this way and that way, you know, sometimes I add a little bit of like almond extract in addition to the vanilla yes. or whatever, and it just, it takes it up a notch, changes it a little bit, makes it your own and just have a lot of really good memories, both of making them with my mom, eating them at Thanksgiving. Our family Ooh. Thanksgivings are always huge, or at least they were before COVID. <laughs> They're a little, right. a little different now, but it was always like 50 plus people, a bunch of generations and... And always chocolate chip cookies. And they always tended to get out before dinner somehow. They'd get served before dinner. And oh, someone's sneaking <laughs> they, them. They became kind of like an appetizer. So yeah, lots of good chocolate chip cookie memories. And I was just teaching my 12-year-old how to make them like a week or so ago. So it just oh, it was so
0: fun. I mean, that's that's uh, always a good memory to have. And k- kitchens always bring in the families. When I make mine, I make them small, like sandal, like sand dollar. size and they're gone in a day because I think that they're, but then you eat more. So it's like, do you get big ones or? I always just make them really small. I I gotta say, as I've
1: gotten older, I've gotten to be a real fan of just eating the dough. (laughs) I know we'll make, we have a large family There's six of us. So, I mean, I always make a double batch anyway, because that's just like normal size. And if I make more, we just like freeze dough balls so that we can just easily plop them out on the tray and make them anytime. But a lot of times they don't make it out of the freezer and past my mouth. So
0: (laughs) no, I know it's, it's, it's a problem. And they actually make toll house makes an, like a, Dough, like a cookie dough that you buy and eat yes. it out of the tub, which mm-hmm. I eat totally. I yeah,
1: so I, the dough has become so uh, sacred to me more than the cookies even these days. I think so.
0: Yeah, no, I totally here, agree. Like, do you want them or do you want it unbaked? <laughs> I just don't have to solve problem. No. You know, <laughs> I've never really worried about it. <laughs> I always think that parents used to tell kids not to lick the bowl because they'll get sick when they really just wanted it for themselves. Mm, yeah. Oh brown right? butters. Like there's yeah. raw egg in there. Fair you enough. can't have it. <laughs> but I can. <laughs> right. But I, you know, mom can. So I think that's that an excuse. Um, so you mentioned you have four boys. How how um how old are they? So
1: I, we have a crazy year this year because we have a 16 year old. So that's high school. We have a 12 year old middle school. We have an eight year old elementary school and we have a five year old preschool. So four different schools, four different schedules. It effectively takes upwards of, you know, two and a half to three hours in the morning and the same amount of time in the afternoon to send them off and then collect them. So- Because they're all I different times and like, different oh, schools. Oh yeah, all different times. It's these like long stretched out windows of time in the morning and afternoon. And uh, yeah, so I thought that this year would be the year where like I had all this time to do things because they're
0: all going to be in some part of school and not, really. Right. <laughs> not it's, really. It was hectic last year. Three, All three of mine were in three different schools at the end of the year because we were like transitioning and everything. And now this year they're all at one school and I have a pre-K, a kin- uh, pre-K, a first and a second grader. And okay. so I never thought that they would all be at one school until next year when my youngest will be kinder. And I was like, okay, I'll have them all at one school. And then we put them into this one and they have pre-K through 12. And nice. so if they're able to stay there, it would be so nice because it's one pickup, one drop off. I know that the timing's a little different, but it still makes it much easier because it's just, yeah, it's just, it's so great. And for a single mom, it's like, I don't have to worry about going to, cause last year I would drop one off and then drop the older one off and then drive back home and then drop the third one off on the way back. Cause there was no particular time because like. it was preschool and it was like awful. Yep. And then and somehow we're, half we're day, a combination
1: so of ones that need to get dropped off and ones that get a bus. And then I don't know if the national bus shortage has hit your area, but, uh, the bus shortages have been thrown. Oh, okay. Hurt. Continual I just take them to school all year. You get like a text message at like five thirty in the morning that lets you know whether or not they have a bus that morning, and then another one in the afternoon. Oh wow, that's, about that's like a get horrible get about a half way of an hour notice Sometimes, and that's then terrible. you have to be able to drop everything and go on those days when there's no bus driver.
0: How do you plan? I can't. I can't. You don't. I mean, it's almost That's like, that you get is that why EFT dreaded.
1: tapping becomes really yes. a really important way to resolve the stress. Cause you always <laughs> you dread that, that call
0: bit. from school. I see that if the school pops up on my phone in the middle of the work day, I'm like, no, oh, oh gosh, God. no. Is someone sick, someone get hurt. You just, and sometimes it's nothing. It's like, no, no, no emergency. I'm like, lead with that. <laughs> like, Do I yeah. need to come and pick somebody up? So, um, okay. Well, that yeah. Well, I can relate to you, especially with the eight year old and a five year old. Um, and so you also mentioned, um, ADD brain. I, I, when I was first grade, I was diagnosed with ADD. They don't, I don't think they have that classification anymore. I think it's ADHD now,
1: now, no matter what it is, whether it's hyperactive or
0: right. And so you, you do EFT, do you also, um, continue to, do you take any type of supplement or medication too, or is this something that's like taking place of that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, um, I've experimented with a little bit of everything. And I was not formally diagnosed with ADHD until last year. I never had a doubt in my mind that I had it. And every one of my kids old enough to be diagnosed has been diagnosed. So I was like, all right, mom will throw, you know, throw a hat in the ring here and get diagnosed too. And um, I originally thought, okay, I'll, I'll try medication and see how that works. And for a little while, it really felt like it was great. And then it didn't. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, but I was happy to have had the opportunity to at least try it. Um, with some of my kids, medication has been amazing. Others haven't even tolerated it. So I knew it could go either way. And I, and now I'm using a lot more of like the nootropics and supplements and things like that to work on my focus as well as EFT. But I'm always looking for kind of the, I'm a supplement geek. So I'm always looking at like the latest the ingredients. non-medical like or foods or whatever that I can, can use. But, you know, I did, I did try the medication route and you know, if for some reason things changed and with the way my brain works or functions or whatever, and I went back, wanted to go back to it again in the future. I would, but you know, right now it's, it's not the right fit for me.
0: Right. It's tricky. I, I went back on it a couple of years ago. I got off. I was I was on it for my whole childhood and I stopped really at 18. I was like, eh, let's just see. And I did fine. And then, then there was some, some talk about how it might've been, uh, it might've been mistaken for anxiety. And so then we looked at that and, and, uh, now my oldest, I think, you know, he was diagnosed with it and we've noticed that like medication helps him focus. But I think that is with any type of meds, it's just, now we're watching like, appetite suppressants and things like that that you have to watch. And so it's tricky. And so I always say like, if you don't have to do the medication route, like that would be the best way, but some, some you just do. And there's so many different options out there now, but, um, but then you can go into meditation and doing more self-calming and things like that. So we've had talked about EFT before on this podcast. And so, um, I'm anxious to, talk about it some more. Yeah. So and it's
1: interesting how you said about it being, you know, anxiety perhaps and not mm-hmm. ADHD, because that really commonly happens a lot for people. There's a lot of similarities with symptoms and things that show up with ADHD and also things that show up with anxiety or even right. like PTSD trauma. So there's a lot of overlap there and it can make it a little trickier to figure out which one's presenting itself when you
0: have both. Right. Mine came out as OCD. Uh, I noticed that when I stopped taking my medication for ADHD, when I was 18, my OCD got really bad, like really like okay. extreme. And it was never like that. Uh, I was always particular, but not that particular. And I carried that through. And I noticed that every child I had after it got smaller and smaller, cause then you were just like, I could not watch them w- like play toy, like play with toys And I I was just behind them cleaning them up. I just could not, it gave me such anxiety. And so that's when I like re-explored it and everything like that. And I've also noticed that now that I'm going through this new change of my life, starting fresh and new. And I've noticed that my anxiety has gone down and that my OCD is not as bad. Like I'm not, like my house is still pretty organized and clean, but I've noticed that I'm not very like, staring at something and be like, I have to get this done. I have to get this done. It can wait. And I've noticed that that has been happening gradually as um, I'm going through my divorce process and getting out of, of, out of my marriage and into like my own. And I've noticed yeah. that's like a calming it's, it's, it's weird. It's crazy. Yeah. But there can definitely be a lot
1: of overlap. And then I think there's also, cause also can be, a feeling like we have to like label it and figure out like, Oh, is this coming from here? Is it coming from there? But really when we don't feel good, it doesn't really matter where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. We just want to feel better. (laughs) And you know it doesn't really matter what the label is, if it's, you know, PTSD or trauma or anxiety or ADHD, like when you don't feel good, you just want to feel better. And that was really a lot of what led me to learn and understand EFT, tapping emotional freedom techniques, because I was just so tired of feeling stuck. And crappy, you know, and I was like, hey, it's gotta be one of the things that you
0: try. Did you try meditation tried working out? You tried yoga. You tried probably. And I mean, I can't do yoga to save my life. I can't yeah. stop my brain.
1: I, I do enjoy all of those things, but for someone with ADHD, EFT really works the way that our brain does because we like to fidget. We like to be active. We don't like to, um, we often think we can't meditate because we feel like we can't shut off our minds. And EFT is like active. It is active meditation essentially. And it also gets your emotions, your brain, your physical body, all on the same playing field and resolving things simultaneously instead of you know, just resolving things like through talk therapy or just working on the bodily aspects of something with yoga or something, everything's coming together and unifying and you make much faster breakthroughs that way. And ADHD people like fast breakthroughs. We like quick. We want it done already yesterday. True. Instant gratification.
0: Mm -hmm. So where did you, when did, how long ago did you stumble across EFT? And, uh, when did you decide that you wanted to, to learn it and also teach it? Probably got yeah. certified in as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I
1: it it kept kind of popping up on my path and showing me that it existed for a very long time, like a d- couple of decades probably. And EFT oh, wow. first, EFT was first kind of um, showing up in the late seventies, which is also when I was born, so it's been around like as long as I have. And um, then it kind of got popularized and really turned into like a technique and set of techniques in the nineties, and Then when I would see it showing up in like the early two thousands and such, it would be like, because an Olympic athlete was using it to increase their performance, or you would start seeing NFL players using it on the sidelines, or you'd hear about like war veterans or people that had been through just horrible, um, you know, natural disasters and things that had all of this trauma to resolve. And I'm kind of thinking, gosh, I'm just like over here pregnant or nursing a baby on a couch or, you know, whatever. And like, you know, sure, I'm feeling a little low or a little less than, or I'd like to feel better, but like, I'm not, you know, comparing myself, like I'm not going through this kind of stuff or on this level or whatever. So I don't really understand how this technique applies to me in my life. And then it was before the pandemic, I was on a retreat with a group of ladies who, um, you know, I kind of did similar work too. And there was an EFT practitioner, actually, you know what, she wasn't even a practitioner. She was just, she was like level one, which is before you even learn how to like help other people. You're just kind of able to teach the basics. And she had come in to basically just teach us some basics about tapping and to show us how to use it for stress and anxiety. Like just basic stress and anxiety. And I'm like, wow, like I've seen it used for all of these like really deep, huge things. And now we're just going to like take the top off of just those feelings of anxiety and stress that we're all having. And what was really interesting was, is that I was really sick the day that this presentation was being given. Um, In retrospect, I'm pretty sure I had COVID, but it was so early on. It was like January, February, right before thought I had like a horrible head cold and it had all come on, like on the way to the retreat. Otherwise I wouldn't have even gone, but I was like, ah, whatever. I'll just, you know, tough it up and, you know, just, I won't, I won't hug anybody too much. (laughs) Right. Right. I'll just keep my distance. It'll be okay. And uh, it was a healthy bunch of people. I wasn't too worried about them. Right. But Uh, I I wasn't feeling good. I had a headache. I had a lot of congestion. I felt just like I wanted to crawl under the covers and die, honestly. But here I am at this, you know, session with this lady and I'm noticing right off the bat, One of the coolest things that EFT has to offer, which is a thing called borrowed benefits. And as a practitioner, we can essentially feel better as we work on other people. And as your own self, you can experience with yourself where you're working on one thing. I'm working on the stress and anxiety and my sinuses are clearing and my cold is feeling better. And I suddenly have more energy than I had earlier in the day when I really just like wanted to collapse and and leave. Um, And like, wow, this is... This is crazy. And of course, at first you just don't believe it honestly because most people aren't willing to accept the fact that they are that powerful, that their thoughts are that powerful, that their bodies are that powerful, that the combination of the two and using your energy system in conjunction with it can actually change the way you feel like almost instantaneously. And you know, thank goodness she had us kind of documenting like how do you feel at the beginning? And then again at the end and recognizing that shift and like, wow, like if this can do this much, and I hardly even know what I'm doing yet, (laughs) right. I'm like doing it on such a basic level. Then how many other things could I improve on in my life or the lives of others? If I really understood this practice. So I like went home from that retreat, still feeling kind of lousy for like a week or two, honestly, but it was, I was coming back around and I sat on the couch with my husband that night and just was like catching up about what we had done while I was away, what the kids had done at home, all the things. And I'm telling him about this tapping session. And I'm like, you know, I, there's something about this that is just really calling me. And I got information from, you know, the woman that was teaching us and I'm, I'm ready to go all in here. And I really want to learn this. And we hardly even had a discussion about it. It was like a five minute discussion. And he was like, I can tell you're really passionate about this. And he kind of like handed over the bank card and he was like, sign up, do it, like, go for it. Wow. And I was like, okay. You know, it was like kind of scary and kind of crazy. And, um, you know, six months later I had, you know, in record speed, gone through levels one through three and master training for being a master EFT practitioner. And I was off and running, not just, you know, knocking things out in my own life on a daily basis, but helping other people to do the same, which is just, I'm so passionate about it. Cause I've done all sorts of coaching and mindset work with people for the last 25 years. I mean, I've I've got a lot of different modalities and things in my toolbox, but this just brought it all together and took it up so many levels that the work that I was able to do to help myself and others, just, it blew me away.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people right now are using mindset and using ways to become more clear or after the pandemic, they <clears throat> are all calling it the pandemic pivot. Everyone's trying to figure out exactly what they want to do, or they're making lots of changes, whether that be personal, business, all the things. And so when I've spoken about EFT before, have you also practiced it with your family? Uh, I mean, we talk about how we serve our clients in help and, and, and everything like that. Do you also practice it at home with them? And does it help your kids as well? Or do you do sessions with them, uh, individually as including yourself?
1: So that would be
0: lovely, but no, no, no.
1: Okay. (laughs) Uh, and I will just say, I mean, I'm mom, I'm not like the cool person that they want to like, listen to all of my stuff and understand things the way that I do. I do model it. They know I do it. When something is coming up, I am, you know, I will gently suggest, you know, this would be an excellent application of EFT. Would you like me to show you how to set up around? Sometimes I say yes. Sometimes they say no. It's just, it's not where they are in their journey. You know, uh, it's, it's that whole, like, even though I know that it could help somebody else, I can't make that choice for anyone. And, you know, all I can do is do the things that put me in a position to show up as my best self for them each and every day. And I know that that has that law of attraction effect of helping other people to do the same thing. And, um, I always joke that while my husband is my, you know, number one supporter, total cheerleader, um, you know, very supportive of everything I do with this, he has zero understanding of what it is that I actually do, which is typical, typical myself. I find myself very humored when I like overhear him trying to explain my job, my career, like what you do like to others. Other like people. what does she do? <laughs> well, it's like, she's like tapping on parts of her body when she's talking about stuff and then they feel better. And like,
0: <laughs> just, that's so, that's such then, a guy thing to say. Yeah, it's hilarious. So
1: I, I don't, I don't push it on him either. Cause it's just not where, it's not where he's at, but that's interesting. I, it's just, I, I, like, I like to ask because um it.
0: in the past, like it, it just, it's fun. It's just, it's good to see how we implement, like if we implement our strategies at home and just our clients, or, you know, do we not practice what we preach, but you know, like for instance, like kids, especially the younger ones, maybe not your older kid. Well, they all watch us throughout their lives, but yeah. like I've noticed like my, I've been on the phone a lot because there's a lot of stuff going on. And I've noticed my daughter's like wanting a phone and then she finds a pretend one and then she's pretending that she's talking on the phone too. So we modeled these behaviors. And so when I work out, they take their fake laptops and they open it up. They're like, well, I'm stretching and they're like, I'm about to work out. So they see everything. And so I was just curious on if they've picked it up too.
1: I, I think they're picking it up more than I realize. And of course, like in my dream world, we would be like all like kumbaya sitting around having a tapping <laughs> circle, working our crap out and like, you know, it'd be great, but it's not happening. That's not, but that doesn't mean that me uh, tapping has elements of it. Like you can do surrogate tapping. I can tap on things that are, um, affecting my kids or my marriage or whatever. And I can unblock things around that without them doing anything. So yeah, I'm as, as much as is wanted, I am bringing it into the household, but I'm, I'm not one to, to push it where it's, where it's not wanted. It's no different than like when I was growing up and, you know, my parents would be reading like. Self-help books. And this is like the 80s and 90s, and there wasn't right. as much mindset stuff, and not everybody was a coach everywhere you turned back then. You know, there'd be like PBS specials with like Wayne Dyer and stuff on, and then I'd be like, Oh god, this again. Or reading Rainbow. I'm or... a huge Wayne Dyer fan now. But back then it's like god, mom's mom's watching another PBS special and like you know, and like my dad's taking like, a right? road less traveled and trying to give me these, you know, shifts of paradigms and stuff that he's learning about. I couldn't care less. I no. No, oh, cause again, that's not where we were. No. Right. So yeah. When, when the student is ready, the teacher appears and sure. I will, Ooh, that's wait. It's
0: good. That's a good one. So how, how long does a tapping session? I, I, and I've been told like it could last a minute. It could be five minutes. It could be 20. How long do your typical sessions with your clients or, you know, I'm sure they vary for yourself because we're so busy, but how long does one typically do one?
1: So an actual session, um, normally around an hour, um, I do 75 minute sessions too. Um, and sometimes 45 minute sessions, but typically an hour is a nice sweet spot, but within that you are working on aspects of different things. So it's probably helpful if I just, um, explain a little bit about like what EFT is, would that be helpful to, yeah. Okay. Okay. So emotional freedom techniques, otherwise known as tapping, it brings together ancient Chinese medicine with um, the use of our meridian system, which is like our energy system in our body, which you can almost envision like you would, if you were thinking about like veins or arteries or things that run through your body, these meridians run through every part of our body. We have tons of meridian points on the body, but there's primarily nine of them that we access with, with EFT tapping, which range from like this karate chop point on the side of our hand to the top of our head areas around our eyebrows, inside of our eye, under our eye, under our nose, under our mouth, our collarbone point, and then under our arm, top of the rib cage, kind of where the bra strap wraps around the body. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the main ones that have kind of been shown to help resolve anything you throw at them. And the other ones are great too, but this particular combination of them really works well. So we tap on these points, like literally with our fingertips. And these are points where like, if you were going to see an acupuncturist or whatever, these are the places where they would be like inserting needles to release energy and energetic blockages that are causing you physical pain Mm -hmm. or emotional pain. But we combine that with modern psychology with talking about what the problem is. And I'm really, I'm excited to show this. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but what I'm going to do after this episode for listeners that want to actually partake in this is Heather and I are going to record a tapping round together so that you can see this in action, because it really does help you to see it visually along with the audio. You can do it with us. And um, I was telling Heather, I think we're going to work on um, grief around loss because I know when I was getting ready to interview, I heard her episode about the loss of their dog. And Mm -hmm. I know that pet loss and grief, and even just, you know, being a parent, experiencing that with your kids and trying to protect them and ease their pain and suffering and help them understand life, death, transformation, all these big, heavy things, or they seem heavy. They're, they're really not. They're actually the most natural thing in the world. Um, But it's a lot. So we're going to do a tapping round on that. So what I would ask is that if you want to see this or try this, then um, just send me an email put cookies and chaos in the subject line. And you'll send that to Teresa at Teresa I'm sure Heather will put this in the show notes. But, oh yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And if you guys want to drop me a message within that email, feel free. I love hearing from you. And if all you do is put the subject in there, then I will definitely make sure that you get this recording afterwards, but it'll allow you to try it. So anyway, if we were working on, on grief, let's say, we would be starting by acknowledging that um, the whole center of EFT is finding ways to love accept and forgive, which with some subjects can seem insurmountably impossible, but it's not. Um, And so we would be acknowledging that grief, you know, even though I feel so much grief and sadness around the loss of my pet, I love accept and forgive myself. And we go through that series on, you know, the karate chop point of the hand. And then we dig into all the negative feelings. You know, Um, you opened the podcast saying that we were gonna talk about like positivity and everything, but in order to get to genuine positivity, you have to face the deep, dark, nasty emotions that are underneath of it. It's like, if you don't weed a garden, but you plant flowers in it, they're going to have all those weeds and stuff wrapping around the beautiful flowers. They're going to sure. be there. But if we can uproot those weeds and give ourselves a nice, you know, clean slate per se, then we really have a chance of growing a beautiful garden, growing beautiful thoughts, beautiful feelings that are genuine and authentic. And that makes all the difference in the world. So we're going through those tapping points at top of the head. And we're talking about, you know, all this sadness, you know, I, I, just, I don't know what to do. It feels so heavy describing the feeling of it, you know, our, our feelings and our emotions have sometimes colors to them, textures to them really ways or places that they show up in our body. Maybe we're feeling a constriction in our chest or a pain in our back, or we feel like we can't get a deep breath or it feels red and angry or, you know, whatever. I mean, if you really think about your emotions and your feelings, there's a lot to them. And the more specific that you can get in explaining those feelings, the better you can resolve them with EFT. It really likes it when you get specific. Okay. (laughs) Those points and a few times, normally like three rounds through those points. And then we just kind of end with like a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. And we see what's left. Like we see what shifted if we started at, like, a, I like to use a scale before we do EFT and kind of say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, like how much grief and sadness are you feeling or what have you? And then do that again at the end, because like I, I think I mentioned before, we can really, um we can really doubt our own power to shift these things. So if we don't take inventory at the beginning and then again, at the end, a lot of times we'll be like, Oh, well, you know, I guess I wasn't that sad anyway, or, you know, I guess it really wasn't that bad because I really don't feel that bad now when really you've released so much along the way. And oh, well, uh, we're
0: going to dive into that after uh, we're done yeah. here. And so with that being said, I'll also make sure that um, we, I posted and, and also we'll get, uh, we'll send it out via email as well. And so, uh, yeah why don't we, we're going to wrap up this. And then if you guys want to listen in, um, we'll do, um, a bonus and it'll probably be on my social media. It'll be, uh, an email. And so, um, look out for that as well. And so in the meantime, where can, uh, our listeners find you any type of info, like your, your social media, uh, website, all the things yeah
1: absolutely i'm very googleable so you know <laughs> just typing in teresa lear levine you will find um i always say because i never know like where people actually want to find me like if you want if you enjoy instagram go there i'm i'm there if you enjoy facebook if you enjoy pinterest if you enjoy youtube like you can find me in all the places but if you're really interested in kind of getting a hands on experience with tapping an EFT then check out my website, which is uh, teresasfreegift.com. T-H-E-R-E-S-A-S free gift.com. And there you can grab my ebook, which is called five minutes to freedom. It's all different exercises. That'll take you five minutes or less. Some tapping meditations that you can do with me on video, some scribing exercises, a quiz where you can um, understand your own emotional freedom, how much, you know, where you're lacking it and where you have it so that you know what to work on and just really good resources to understand more about what FT is all about. That's what I would suggest. And that will also guide you to all the other places as well.
0: Wonderful. Well, this will all be in the show notes so everyone can grab it. I think that's a, that's a great, um, free exercise to do as well. And if uh, you're interested in more information, definitely go seek out Teresa. Cause she's just, she's very knowledgeable. You are, you have so much, and I guess we're going to dive in to my yeah. first session yep. here in a minute. So I'm, I'm excited. And so thank you so much for being on the podcast and, and sharing more about EFT and your life and, um, hope to have you back again soon too.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciated being here and had fun talking with you.
0: Yes, me too. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast.